Another edition of the Causeway Street Podcast, the first one of 2016. I am your host, Joe Sway, and I'm joined by... Who am I joined by? Joel, of course. I'm here on every single episode. That's right. And to this episode, we just have the Pavones in the, in the building, right? It's just... We hold it Causeway down. Street Pavone edition. It's a brand new year. We kick Sean out. No, I'm just kidding. No, Sean's still a part of our team, but, you know, he couldn't make it today. <laughs> we got to stop beating up Sean. Understand Every that. time he can't make it, we, we had the tendency to beat him up on the episode. No, and not- I told myself that I was going to make sure that neither one of us did that. And here we are, 30 seconds into the podcast, taking shots. It's, it's automatic. He knows. He knows what the deal is. Taking jabs. But, I mean. 30 seconds in. He's got a, he's got a real job, so he's at his job right now. So, you know, he, he can take shots at us if he wants to. He probably will. He will. He will. He so, will. Sean, think of something really creative for next week. We uh, have episode two of the new year. We took a bit of a hiatus with the uh, end of the year holidays and, you know, a couple. Happy New Year, by the way. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year. I guess, was it three weeks into the new year? We're now yeah. saying Happy New Year to each other? I've heard Happy New Year in, like, March. You know, when you don't see people for a while. It's a good way to break the ice, if so to speak. Never once heard Happy New Year in March, but <laughs> I guess I, I guess I understand what you're saying. Well, I mean, it, it is it is still winter. It's colder than I'm, I'm going to quote one of my favorite movies. It's colder than a witch's titty out right now, <laughs> and we're trying to stay warm and bring you some uh, bring you some nice, you know, Celtics content and NBA talk. This is a good time of year for that. You know, got the All Star break midway through the season. So I think I think it's good. It's good right now. We took the time off. So we're back. Episode 26. Let's go. I swear, you give these guys, and I want to say these guys, I'm talking about us. You give us a, a, a former NBA player, New York basketball legend, you get him on the show, and all of a sudden we're too good to do a show for about a month, two months. But Yo, we, we, got, some, we got some good praise for that, though. Yeah, did we? <laughs> you, mean, you mean all 26 or 27 listeners were, were enjoying us? They were they were loving it. They were loving it. All right. Well, that, that, that's good. That's good. Hopefully, we didn't lose all of our all of those fans. Hopefully, that we can we can add on this this year and make sure we have some more listeners we got some, we got that follow Causeway Street podcast. So, of course, on this episode, like we do in every episode, we will talk about what to do with these Boston Celtics. You know, what can we expect as we go towards uh, half the uh, the halfway mark here in the 2015 2016 season? As the Celtics are in the midst of a losing streak, they lost two back to back games. Against two good teams, but for a team that's been, I guess you could call them inconsistent. Uh, it's no, they're been, been, been consistently a, bad. <laughs> it's been sort of an up and down season for these guys. And for one, I have to admit, going into the season or even before, at the end of last season, one thing I predicted in the summertime was that I was going to see a team that was above 500. Is this team a 500 team? We'll talk about that momentarily. We'll also talk about what this team needs to become a team that can be a top five, top four team in the East. And finally, we'll talk about the the leading score on the team and if we should see him in uh, Toronto come All-Star Weekend. So that's what we have on tap for this uh, episode of Causeway Street Podcast. So we'll get right into it here. Joel, what is the problem with this team? All right, let me give you some options here. Is it A, are they just too young? Are we expecting way too much from this team? Is it B, the coach? His lineup combinations, uh, is he not getting it right at this point in the season? Or is it C, we're not seeing enough scoring help for that 
top scorer in Isaiah Thomas? Well, um, with Isaiah Thomas, you have to remember he became a starter because people like Avery Bradley were were they were injured at the beginning of the season. Marcus Smart. So you had to have some consistency in the backcourt. And so far, you know, Isaiah Thomas has been your 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 only guy in terms of scoring and pretty much your playmaker at this point, right? Well, he leads the team in assists, so I yeah. So I agree with that. I personally in the beginning of the season I preferred him coming off the bench because then you were you were giving Marcus Smart the uh, the leeway to to just take off and become the Marcus Smart that everybody wants him to become, but because of injury, you know, out of his it's out of his hands, you know, things happen. It's been a slow process for Smart to get back to the Marcus Smart that Celtics fans saw from the midseason last year throughout the you know throughout the playoffs. Okay, so it's been he's had he's had his setbacks this season. Okay, yeah, he's had his setbacks. True. He's had and, setbacks, and since he's come back, he's not completely into the Marcus Smart. Mode or the Marcus Smart that we saw against teams like Oklahoma City. He has his moments. Or 30 plus points, right? Well, he, he has had his moments. He's had, he's had his moments. Okay. Can you say the same thing about Avery Bradley? Is, is that somebody who falls under that category? Who, you, you know what? It's funny that you. It's funny that you. Who you, has been inconsistent coming back from injury? I think. I know. I think you. You bring up a good point because Avery Bradley, I think, needs to be more involved in the offense. I think Avery Bradley, along with Jay Crowder, your two best two-way players, who can get. Their offense going, and it doesn't affect their defense. When you have Avery Bradley inconsistently playing minutes towards the end of the games, and you have Marcus Smart in for defensive purposes, so you lose a little bit of offensive credibility. Remember, the Celtics in the beginning of the season were the best. They had the best. They had the best bench, in, like scoring wise, in the league. Okay, but that had a lot to do, obviously, right. with with Isaiah Thomas. Well, that was my concern going into these two games that they just lost, and they proved me wrong in one of the games, and that was the most recent one. Uh, Wednesday night against the Raptors, where the bench combined for over 50 points. You had a Kelly Olenek, who's been playing phenomenal, by the way. He's shut me up because I was not a big Kelly Olenek fan going into the season or even early in the season. I feel like he was just too inconsistent. I feel like he was getting uh, more minutes than he deserved. He was a liability on defense. And in some ways, he's done a complete 180. You look at Kelly Olenek in these last you know week or two or three weeks, you know, I want to say after the uh, Golden State game where he, where he broke out and he led the team in scoring in that double uh, double overtime thriller, but he had a couple of duds after that game, but then he stepped it right back up pretty much since the beginning of the month of January. And now you see a guy who's not only showing more more of an effort on defense, but from from uh, from an offensive standpoint, from behind the three point mark, he's killing it. I mean, you look at this guy's numbers; he's being he's someone that. That teams have to start to worry about soon if he continues to keep this up. Now, against the Raptors, he led the bench with 18 points. He was the third leading scorer in that game. Uh, Evan Turner scored 11. Jonas Jarebko has been playing well off the bench, giving them valuable minutes. He uh, he scored eight. That was the contribution that you wanted to see from your bench and that you expected in this team. But you don't see that every night. Luckily for the Celtics, they weren't blown out against the Raptors in that game because if the bench hadn't done what they did, it would have been, it wouldn't even have been close. And that's because the starters dropped the ball. I mean, you look at players like, like the three players that you mentioned, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Avery Bradley, uh, Jay Crowder. Uh, Jay Crowder, Crowder, he had a good game. We've seen him play a lot better uh, recently. He just had, he had a, he, he scored. He, he did what he was supposed to do. He had, what, I believe 16, 17 points. But you look at, uh, the rest of the starting lineup. I mean, the one guy who sticks out to me more than anyone is Jared Sullinger. Jared Sellinger has been doing a really good job 
on the glass re- on rebounding, but defensively, he's getting dominated. He's getting dominated. He cannot keep up with, with the opposing bigs. He's not giving you, he's giving you close to nothing on the offense. He's taking these terrible shots. He's, he's not playing his game. He's out of funk offensively. And that's a huge reason why I think he only played, uh, 12 and a half minutes against the, uh, the Raptors. Well, I mean, it wasn't just him, uh, um, against the Raptors that was having a hard time with Valanchunas. I mean, Amir Johnson, he's probably the team's best shot blocker and wasn't bringing it against Valanchunas. He even tried bringing in, uh, Stevens even tried bringing in, uh, Tyler Zeller. He had a few possessions offensively, but defensively was having a hard time keeping up with Valanchunas. Rebounding overall for the Celtics wasn't that great against the, against the Raptors. And against Dallas on Monday, the bench, going back to your point about the bench, the bench kept the Celtics in that game because it could have easily turned into a 20, 25 point deficit at one, at, at, at in the second half for Dallas. You had, you had Marcus Smart step it up. You had, Evan Turner stepping up. Jonas Durepko has been stepping up. I think it's a combination of, of Stevens shortening, shortening his lineup, really defining people's roles on this team. So I think going, that's why Kelly going with B. You're going with B. Say that again? You're going with B then. You think it's, it's Coach Stevens and his lineup combination. That the reason why the Celtics yeah, are. Yeah, I mean, are, I don't, you didn't really answer my question. Oh, I, sorry. I gave you, <laughs> I never gave you multiple choices here. <laughs> I gave you three choices. You went on to this whole thing about, uh, what was it? Avery Bradley and you talk about, Nothing to do with any of the options I gave you. But you made a good point, though. I was listening. I'm with you, but I'm still I waiting. Forgot, a, B, or C. What do you got Because we, we got to a whole D, right? We got to a whole other. I mean, like, we, this is what. How, oh, about, how, I don't, about, how about D, all the above? Hey, I don't blame you, man. I mean, you can go with D, all the above. I'm going to go with D, all the above. How about that? I, I don't blame you, man. When it comes to trying to it's a combination figure out three. the Celtics, you, you're going to be, you're going to end up in different avenues that you didn't expect to be on, and which is exactly what happened. I mean, Took a U-turn. Or, or I'm sorry. Or, I'm sorry. On, trying on, to bring us back on course here. So you're going to go with D. All on, the above. Yeah. On paper, offensively, they're one of the highest scoring teams in the league. Defensively, I believe they're they're the top, if not, you know, the top three defensive team in the league as well, holding opponents, you know, to around 100 points a game. Usually, usually a little bit lower than that. Yeah, it's gone up a bit. It's they gone were, up in the last, in the last few games to, to begin the season. Right. The Celtics right now. They're what they are. They are a 500 team. On paper, they shouldn't be, but that's what they are right now. Even though they're one game above 500, but that's what they are. Midway through the season, they're a 500 team. Unfortunately, that's good enough right now for eighth in the in the Eastern Conference. That's going to put you with a matchup against the Cavs as the playoffs were to start today. Not something that the Celtics would want, I don't think. But. So if this roster stays intact, do you see that in the playoffs? Do you see them being an eight, seven seed like they were last year? Because if that's the case, well, that's they're a, a first round knockout. That's a that's a whole new topic. Then we're talking about what Danny Age needs to do to shape up the roster and help out Stevens because Stevens is Stevens has been doing a good job, I think, in terms of what he has. He's trying to work with what he has, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Lately, it's been up and down. I think. I think you can you can go back to the the week where they lost against the Lakers and the Nets. What was that? The that's the the last week of December. The, the last week of the year, yeah. Okay. Oh, the, of the calendar year. Of yeah. the calendar year. Okay. So between that time and now, they lost four in a row, won three in a row, and they've lost again a couple of games in a row here. That's that's a five hundred team, right? Am I mistaken? I think Celtics fans would like to. Would like to think that they're not a 500 team, but that's what they're showing right now. That's what's what it is. It begs the question: What does Danny have to do 
or what is Danny planning on doing to fix this? Because maybe maybe Danny was trying to squeeze out as much as he could between the beginning of the season and up into as close as he could to the trading deadline to figure something out or to or to think maybe this team doesn't need that tweak something here and there. And you got players like Tyler Zeller that's not pretty, pretty much is not playing. He's out of the rotation pretty much, right? David Lee, a pissed off veteran, highest paid player on the team that's also upset that he's not getting any, any playing time. But what works best for a team like this where there's a crowded front court is – Instead of trading somebody, maybe you just don't play them. At the at one point, Stevens was playing like twelve guys. He's down to like nine, maybe ten, on some nights. But basically, I think for this team to be rolling, it should be like eight, maybe nine. If you're Danny Age, what's the main, what's the biggest concern you have? If if you're going to a trade deadline, what's the number one need that the Celtics need to to become a, a top six, top five team in the East? I think you need a go-to scorer that's not 5'9". Isaiah Thomas is... That's a lot to ask for. Isaiah Thomas, who, who's, he's great at what he does. He's, he's going he's gonna to get you buckets. You've seen lately teams clamping down on him mm-hmm. early in games. The last few games, he's gotten started... He's, he started off poorly. And it comes to the point where he's just... I feel like... Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I feel like he's just chucking up shots when he's at, he's at his best when he's getting to the... Getting, getting to the basket, getting into the paint, getting to the free throw line. Yeah, but like you said, it man, teams zero in on you, that that's, becomes difficult, especially down the stretch of a game. I, exactly. I mean, you look at these last couple of games, the opposing teams, if they had that one guy that can go off and that can light you up in the second half and, and pull their team away or pull them team uh, you know, closer, if, if the Celtics have a lead, like, for example, against Dallas, Celtics grab the lead in that fourth quarter, and boom, here comes Dirk Nowinski, you know, Topping off the Celtics in the fourth quarter and in overtime. He scores 21 points. Fucking Deron Williams. Finishes the night in 31 points. 21, 21 of his 31 points were in the fourth quarter and in overtime. Yeah, Dallas. When that like, happens, the Celtics, they're going to lose that game nine out of ten times. Wednesday night against DeMar DeRozan. DeRozan scores 30 points in three quarters. The Celtics lose their, uh, I believe it was a six-point lead in the third quarter and never retained it again. They, they, they stayed behind the, uh, the Raptors throughout the entire fourth quarter, trying to crawl back. Uh, one thing that they had working in their favor to, that kept them in the game from the entire stretch or the entire uh, game was shooting from 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 deep from downtown, but they weren't able to do it in the fourth quarter, and that was the story of the game. But how many times have we seen the Celtics struggle from the three-point line and continue to shoot? The opposite happened against Toronto, where they were shooting, but they were making because it. because that was the only chance they had to beat a team yeah. like that. When a team has a superstar like 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 Demar Derozan, who Regardless of people think he's not a superstar, he he certainly looked like one Wednesday night. When a team has someone like that, and if that person is feeling it, forget it. The Celtics are not having; they don't have a chance to beat that team. So then, so someone like a Demar to Demar Derozan, he's a go-to guy, right? Yes. I don't think the Celtics have that. It, it, regardless well, of well, we have great... a, there's Isaiah Thomas, but like you said, I don't know. People like to use his size as a a, a big reason why he, he's not that player. I just I personally just think he's just not that guy. He's, he's not that he, guy. He's not that guy that, that's that's going to you know. Uh, he's a great piece. Carry a team to a victory when when a, when a team is, is is down by six or seven points. Say hey, put the team on my back, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring us to the promised land. Yeah, he's a, he's he's a Celtics point guard by default, right? Yeah, but he's I, a Celtics point guard. So then, if you're asking him to to like you said, take you to the promised land and dish out, so make plays and score the basket, that's asking a lot from someone that's not used to that. Yeah, that's true, but I feel like my main point is like, why? 
can't the Celtics find offense from their from the guys that they have already? Well, Why then, can't Jared Sellinger score 13, 14 points? And I don't mean to beat up on Jared Sellinger, but like he, he's a huge, a huge letdown on offense recently, especially with throughout this up and down streak, like you said, win three, lose three, win three, lose three. I mean, this is a guy who was averaging 13, 14 points last season. He's barely averaging double figures this year. And I respect his rebounding ability because that was what you need out of your out of your big. But you got to give me something on the other end. I mean, you can't sit here and say like, "Oh, it's okay." You know, uh, Amir Johnson can do it; can can pick up the slack, or, or you know, Kelly Lennon can do what he does every single night, and, and and he'll he'll be all set. You're the starting power forward. You're a guy who's more than capable to put up 14, 15 points per night, and it's just it's not working. So when you don't have that guy in the paint that can score for you, that can uh, produce buckets that a team has to worry about in the paint, teams are gonna clamp on guys like uh, Isaiah Thomas. Or guys like Avery Bradley when they start feeling it from outside, and, and essentially those are the two your two uh, top scores mixed with Jay Jay Crowder, which is someone who's who's had a heck of a season. Who's probably been uh, aside from Isaiah Thomas the most consistent guy on your team. But if he's not feeling it, it comes down to Isaiah Thomas. That's just not the kind of team that's going to win you more than five. Uh, uh, the type of team that's going to be above a five hundred uh, club. It's just not going to happen. That's not the team that you're going to see in the uh, fifth, fourth seed of the Eastern Conference. No, I totally, I totally agree with you know where the Celtics are right now, and and if things don't start to don't start to change, that's that's what they're going to be, and they're going to battle with teams like New York, teams like Detroit, teams like Milwaukee, like the, these teams, like the Eastern Conference has gotten better this year in terms of like there's a bunch of from from the second seed all the way down to like the eleventh seed, you know, if you lose a stretch of games, you're pretty much out of the playoff picture. But at the same time, if you win a if you win a bunch of games, you know, you can be up, you can be as high as like the the fifth or fourth seed. So the Celtics can't afford to keep going on these, like you said, three game, four game losing streaks, and then play catch up in in March, because March is going to be. I don't I don't know if you've seen March. March, there's there's a there's a for lack of a better word, there's a shitload of games in March. <laughs> I can see you were gonna say that before you said it. <laughs> you were like your mouth is just ready to say a shitload. There's a there's a there's there's that schedule is crazy. You got a couple more games left of this month. You have the All Star break in a couple of weeks. So the Celtics have to get it rolling in the next three weeks, pretty much. And if the, if that means Danny Ainge just gotta start making those phone calls, I'm not saying that he's not. Because it does take two to tango. You know, a lot of people are just like, oh, let's trade this guy. Let's trade this guy. This guy's, you know, not everybody's available. Nobody wants to be, you know, I'm going to lose, I'm going to use Scalabrini's word here. You know, no one wants to be hoodwinked by Danny Ainge anymore because that's what he's been doing. He's been hoodwinking these teams mm-hmm. in the last, you know, year and a half, two years, pretty much since, since training with Brooklyn, since training away Paul Pierce, since the, since the, the, since that, that era ended, he's been hoodwinking teams. Yeah, and if I'm other teams, I don't want to be the next hoodwinked victim. No, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree. All right, so last question before we get into our final segment. How is we it, end every single episode. Choice? No, no, you don't. You can't handle those. So I'm going to give you a simple one here. This is going to be a simple question I'm sorry, here. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Long, it's a long layoff. I'm, my bad, my bad. There's no right or wrong answer, so here, here we go. <laughs> is Isaiah an all-star? His number-wise, numbers, all his stats, yes, he is an all-star. Will he become an all-star? I think it's going to be hard, should in he? my opinion. He, crap, he should. 
All right? But I don't think he will. Let me no. explain why. Let me explain why. Because of what we were talking about. The, the last couple of games because he's on a 500 team or because no, well that that has that's that has something to do with it okay you know he's up against and it's and it's great and it's great well, I mean, we'll get into like the starters that were you know chosen last night or because uh voted in i meant to say but he's got players like Kyrie irving ahead of him not not that i'm saying that he should definitely make it over isaiah because he's only played not even 20 games i think mm-hmm. you got players like Kyrie irving Reggie Jackson, who's on a who's on a, a a a good Detroit team this year, and he's turned that he's turned that team around completely, and he he wins games. He's that go-to guy. You see what he did against the Celtics a few weeks ago? No, but you can't forget about my man, Contavious, <laughs> Contavious, I think it is. <laughs> Caldwell Pope, Caldwell Pope helped him out in that game. I mean, if you're talking about the last the last meeting, that was more of a Reggie Jackson game. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the last but the, meeting. The, the the game, the last time the Celtics played. Uh, uh, the, the the Pistons. The Pistons. When Caldwell Pope went off for thirty one points, I mean that was a great game. But uh, not to not to take anything away from Reggie Jackson because he played a hell of a game too. But yeah, he's a heck of a player. Reggie Jackson, absolutely. Uh, and this is we're just talking about guards, right? Maybe not necessarily point guards, but just guards in general. Jimmy Butler, you have. Oh yeah, Jimmy Butler's was he's one of the best guards in the NBA. So just just those three names that I that that I've I've mentioned. That's that's tough. That's gonna be tough for him. To make it, and then and then we and then we were just talking about DeRozan. You, do you think DeRozan is an all star? I think he's an all star. That's another guard right there. You know, it's not, the all star game now is not like by position. It's just kind of like two backcourt players and three frontcourt players. That's how the voting is now. Which is which hurts hurts Isaiah Thomas. It hurts, I hear you. It hurts Isaiah yeah. Thomas. It's not like before where coaches and 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 and, uh, and general managers were like, all right, you know, write down. Two point guards, right down. Two shooting guards, you know, like that. It's just guards and forwards, pretty much, because I guess the center center position just doesn't exist anymore and these days, right? I just mentioned four or five guys that could get that nod because they're seen more than Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas, just in a voting alone, got just over a hundred thousand votes, and he was out of all the backcourt players, quote unquote, black backcourt players. In the top, he was in the top ten, which is good. That's not maybe maybe coaches just don't see him as often as they would see other, these other players I mentioned. He should make it. I don't think he will personally. You know, this sort of reminds me of this reminds me of a 2000-2001 season when the Celtics were that team that were kind of in the same shape that they are right now, where they were you know fighting for the playoff spot, looking the, for having playoff hopes and on the bubble, on the bubble of, of becoming an eight seed and being the first. Uh, playoff, Celtics playoff team that they that the city of Boston has seen in a while, and you had a guy by the name of Paul Pierce who was everyone in the, in the city was saying like, oh, he's getting snubbed for an All Star, another All Star appearance, this, that, and the other. You know, he has the numbers. Why isn't he getting voted? I think Isaiah Thomas might, like you said, you I mean you mentioned those names, he might be that case. Like it might, it might come. He down might fall to- down to that category of being the Paul Pierce that you know, two thousand, two thousand one. Who didn't make his, his first All Star team until the 2002 team? Yeah, I mean, it might come down to what we're mentioning about, like, who would you want to give the ball to in like in a clutch situation, out of those guys I mentioned and Isaiah Thomas, like against Toronto, he he, I'm not I'm not I'm not, I mean I I'm not trying to shit on him, but against Toronto he turned the ball over in two crucial situations, two crucial possessions that could have gone either way for the Celtics, and so. You know, he's he's still he's not that guy, I think, when it comes to like you know those situations, those clutch situations, those go-to situations, like a Paul Pierce, 
maybe I'm spoiled of, you know, after 15 years of seeing Paul Pierce in the Celtics jersey, but Isaiah Thomas is not that guy. And maybe other people who have a vote will think the same thing. But number-wise, yeah, he should be in there. Yeah, but you know the difference between those two guys, though? Paul Pierce had this guy named Antoine Walker who played a power forward position who would put up about double double figures, at least double figures, and help him out. Like Jared Saunders should be doing. That's a shot at me. But I'm just saying. All right, that's cool. I'm just saying. What's that? That's a shot at me? All right, that's cool. No, I was kidding. <laughs> no, it's a shot at Jared Sullinger, man. Step it up, Jared. <laughs> Come on, offensively. I, we, Celtics need more. They need more from you. It's Well, I mean, you you got four or five guys, and Sully is averaging, what, 9.9 points a game. Six guys averaging double figures. It's it's tough, and, and, it's, and it's weird to say, but the Celtics have a better chance of winning when, like, everybody scores. If it's just one guy, you're depending on one guy, that's tough. What do you mean? I'm not saying that one guy. You talking about Isaiah Thomas? Yeah, we're still talking about. Oh, Thomas. okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I thought you meant like yeah. you know, Jared Sandra can't like. Yeah. He doesn't, but, he doesn't but, get enough touches, or because yeah. other guys got to go in, and that's the reason why he couldn't. No. No, no, but I think I think if the Celtics were were winning more games, if they were, I don't know, a few weeks ago when they were a game or two out of like third or fourth seed, then yeah, he he would get in there no problem. All right, before we wrap this up, as we always do with every single episode of Causeway Street Podcast. Joel's segment of In Case You Missed It. Joel, what did we miss? Uh, in, case, in case you missed it, on uh, Wednesday night, Drummond of the Detroit Pistons, he went 13 of 36 from the free throw line hmm. and a win over the Houston Rockets. It was a 123-114 win. And he set the NBA record for the most free th- most missed free throws in one game with 23 misses. Oof. Of course, you know, he the, the Houston Rockets did the hack-a-shack or the hack a Worst free throw shooter on the floor tactic to try to win the game. So to put that into perspective, Drummond missed more freebies in one game than Steph Curry has all season long. Jeez. <laughs> all right? Man. So I ask you, should the league get rid of this, you know, hack, you know, in quotations, hack the worst free throw shooter on the on the court? Should the should the NBA get rid of that? No. Absolutely not. I, I'm a I'm a big believer in in not doing that. I, I don't know if I, I would say I'm necessarily a big believer in and going to the hack a shack mode and, and and hacking the uh the worst free throw shooter on your on the on the other team on the floor yeah. on the floor uh something I've seen Coach Stevens do I mean I, I'm not don't get me wrong I'm not upset if you do it but it, it pays off sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't sometimes you can spark the other team into going on a run it can motivate the other team um sometimes it's a good time to do it other times I don't necessarily agree with it however to change the rule because some guys or a handful of guys in the league can't make the free throws I think is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I think that is like why cater to guys who can't make free throws and help out those teams or those coaches make easy easy uh, decisions in terms of keeping their keeping that one or or two guys out of their lineup because you know oh now that the rules abolished I don't have to worry about this guy getting intentionally fouled no come on that is part of the game we talk about analytics all the time it happens in every single sport when it comes to analytics some and, and tactics coaches are going to do what they have to do for their for their team, what puts them in a better advantage of winning? It's all about. It comes down to percentages. I mean, that's like, oh, man. You know what? It's almost like if if a, if a guy were to complain about a, a slugger who gets intentionally walked too many times, and and I hate when people say the whole uh, debate or the whole argument that oh that's not fun to watch or oh you know it's not fair for the viewers to see a guy shoot a bunch of free throws and just keep getting fouled screw that i mean this is the this is part of the game analytics is part of the game if the guy shoots 36% i believe he shoots from the free throw line and i don't want him to get an easy two 
in the paint where he where he, he shoots 85%, sometimes I'm going to follow the guy and put him at the free throw line. I mean, you use those analytics to your advantage because that's what coaches do. That's how you play. That's how you coach the game. That's how you put your team at a better chance of winning. So to take something out like that, to take that out of the game would be completely unfair to asinine, asinine, just right, complete asinine. And it would be catering to what the top or the, or I should say the, the bottom, what six or seven guys that you can do that with. I mean, you got who you got Drummond, you got Deandre Jordan, you got um, what's the name of the, the, the Houston Rocket dude? Uh, Dwight Howard. He's oh, in that category yeah, yeah, too. too. I forgot about him. Uh, what's his name? Capella, I think his name is. He's he's he's, he's awesome. oh he's another one. Yeah, Capella. Yeah, uh, who am I forgetting? There's, I mean, there's somebody else on Detroit too. There's a couple of players on Detroit. That right. You can, so yeah. you're gonna change a rule because five or six guys can't make the free throws? Come on, that's ridiculous. You get paid millions of dollars, guys. Make your free throws. And if not, if you can't figure it out, because I think someone uh, did a study. I think it was, oh, remember former former player uh, Nick Anderson? Yes. He did a study that is something that, like, it's almost, for some guys, it's just mentally, almost mentally impossible, he tried to say, to for some guys to, to, to master, you know, to make a free throw. Well, if that's the case, then that's, that's part of your game now. You know, that's just... <laughs> That's just what you do. You miss free throws, and you, your coach has to work around that. That's part of the package. Oh, yeah, this guy can, can grab 15 rebounds a game, and he can, he can block four shots a game, but he sucks at the free throw line. That's just part of what he does, and you take it, and you just deal with it. Everybody has flaws. Exactly. Everybody has flaws. And if you can expose somebody's flaw to beat them, why not? Seriously, why not? Like, why would you change that rule? So you're telling me Joe Schmo who's a high school standout who sucks at free throws, and you change this rule, and he goes, you know what? I ain't got to work on free throws anymore. Exactly. <laughs> it, right. doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. They're not going to follow me on purpose. I just don't have to work on free throws anymore. No. If you want to be a good basketball player from the moment you you start walking and you start bouncing that bouncing that rock, and you want to be an, 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 an a two-way player, you learn everything of the game. And, and if you can't shoot free throws – you either work on it or you or you just that's just like you said that's just the way it is. You just suck at free throws, but the rules are not going to change because you don't want to fix it, or or you refuse to fix it. You know, look at somebody like Shaq. You know how many more points Shaq would make if he actually worked on the free throw, but he felt like he didn't need to. He felt like he didn't need to. But you know you know how I feel about Shaq, Sway. I can go into I can talk about Shaq for twenty four hours straight about how <laughs> that guy could be so much better than what he is, but he chose not to. He's like, no, I'm good enough as I am. Right. And he and he, and he could have been a lot better than what he was. And maybe maybe it's me and sour grapes when he was here with the Celtics, but I digress. <laughs> Work on your free throws. That's just don't change the fucking rule. Just leave it the way it is. Well put. Um, what else you got? Sorry. Got a whole little tangent there. No, I, I'm the one that went off on that one, man. I'm sorry, man. I'm so tired of him. Like, this shouldn't be a debate, okay? But you know, but it's funny because the debate is from is more from uh, sports fans who don't necessarily are big into basketball. They always say like, "Oh, the game." Oh, is so you mean much the ones longer. that are always looking for a flaw yeah, in the exactly. sport? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. sport. It's like it's like I can look for a flaw in every single sport, right? But you know, I, I, I you're not saying me. You know, I'm not sitting here saying, "Oh, well, in football they should get rid of you know the quarterback throwing the ball out of bounds on purpose to stop the clock. Right. They should get rid of that or kneeling or do, it's just the grounding like, rules. A million, a million things that you can talk about in every other sport, and this this always comes down to this when it comes to basketball free throws. But um, Forbes, in case you missed it, put out their list. Uh, the most valuable teams in 2015 and the number one, the number one most valuable team in 2015, believe it or not, are, is the New York Knicks. They are worth $3 billion. Wow. Okay. 3 
billion dollars. <laughs> All right, number it's a good two. Good thing Porzingis is working for him. Seriously, and 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 his jersey is selling like crazy, by the way. As it should. He's I a, mean, he's the fourth highest right now. He's the fourth highest jersey being sold. Yeah, he, he got a handful of votes too. I mean, he was nowhere uh, close to getting into the uh, you know uh, all star all star selection conversation. But he uh, he I think he ranks top uh, top seven or eight in in the front, front court. court yeah. yeah, for for votes. Uh, you got the Lakers coming in at number two at two point seven billion. The Bulls at two point three billion, and of course your Celtics at two point one billion. They're they're clocking at number four. They're uh, up from one point seven billion in two thousand fourteen, and you got the Clippers at a nice even two billion. But of course, it has to do with the new owner who decided to shell out that money when the Clippers weren't really they weren't worth that much at the time. But he did what he had to do. That's the top five. To, to check out the rest of the list, Chambers plug. Go to CausewayStreetBlog.com. I got the rest of the list there. You know, for your for your viewing pleasure. <laughs> and uh, and the All Stars. What else you got? All Stars were uh, were named last night on uh, on TNT. Just the starters, though, not not the whole squad. The 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 reserves will be named next week. And for the East, for the backcourt is Wade and Kyle Lowry. He uh, made a last second push there. Uh, you know, he was uh, right behind. Kyrie Irving, but you know those Toronto fans. I mean, well, all of Canada because Canada only has one team right now. I think that's a deserving pick, though. That's I, a, I like. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I like Lowry in the backcourt. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with with Dwayne Wade, though. It I is. think, yo, I think yo. Jimmy Butler got yo, yo, snubbed. Hold on. Hold on. I think he, that's the biggest snub. I mean, obviously he's going to make the team, but he should he should absolutely be starting. It's funny. It's funny. You know how I feel about Dwayne Wade, but Dwayne Wade's having a monster season. No, no, he is. I thought to take anything away season. from him, but yeah. I don't think he's having a better season than Jimmy Butler. Miami's always on. On, on national TV. Yeah, I guess. In Chicago, every now and again you see Chicago, but I feel like Miami's always on national TV. And plus, you know, you know, people got league pass. Um, to round out the front court is Paul George, uh, mm. Carmelo Anthony, who he beat, he beat last year's starter, Paul Gasol, by 360 votes to, wow. uh, make it for like, I believe it was the 11th or the 12th straight year. Yeah. And of course, your boy, Bron Bron. For no the argument East, there. For the East starters. For the West. That's your boy. For the <laughs> You love yourself some Bron Bron. No, not more than you. No. <laughs> Something I learned in the past year. No, 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 no. West, you got uh, Stephen Curry, the league MVP. You got Russell Westbrook for the backcourt. And you got the overall leading vote getter, Mr. Kobe Bryant, Mr. KB24. He got 1.8 million <laughs> votes. I'm surprised that's not like a nickname. KB24. Right. It sounds, yeah. sounds like it sticks. Uh, no argument here. Uh, of course, one of the best players, one of the greatest players, especially of, of my generation that I've ever seen play. It's going to be a, a fun night in Toronto watching him play in this final All-Star game. I, I expect some sort of tribute or some sort of uh, something special is going to happen for Kobe that night. It, it's going to be good. Think the game's going to go into double overtime? Like, you know, when Michael retired? <laughs> like, I hope so. Hello? Man, that was probably one of my favorite All-Star games. No, that's, that's the, easily that's my best, favorite All-Star game. That's the best All-Star game. I mean, I didn't see the ones in the early 90s, so I'm a little uh, I'm a little biased. I'm, I'm on the, 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 mean, the younger side. I was born in the late 80s, so I didn't see a lot of those uh, early 90s All-Star games. But for my in my time, out of all, all the All-Star games that I've seen, I mean, and I'm a huge All-Star weekend guy. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember oh, from we, last year. Oh, but Yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll see. We'll have our All-Star uh, weekend special in. I, I'm 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 a big, big uh, All Star Weekend supporter. <laughs> well, I know I mean, a lot of people are not a big fan of the whole All Star Saturday, but yeah, it's gonna be a great. It's gonna be a special night. I was born in the '80s, as well. I was born in the early '80s, so I remember the Magic Johnson game where he was voted in, and you know that was that was a good moment. 
But that Michael Jordan moment, though. <laughs> but that Michael Jordan Jeez. moment. That's pretty damn special. Mar- Mar- that Mariah Carey came out with the uh, the Jordan jerseys. Yeah, she, she performed yeah. with the Jordan jerseys oh, on. Man, she was still in her prime, too. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, she was looking good. She MC, was looking good. And, it, and, of course, you know, there's always, there's always a, a, a ton of offense in those games. But that, oh. that game particularly. That I was mean, a pretty competitive game. Bro. Yeah, it was competitive, but it was just like. And blame Jermaine O'Neal for not. You know, having that game go to triple overtime because he, he he's, he's awful. Hey, I never – that hasn't even crossed my mind yet. You know what? You're right. It could, we could see something similar with uh, Kobe Bryant's last game. I'm looking forward to it. And rounding out uh, the Western front court is Kawhi Leonard making his first all-star appearance, voted in by the fans. That's surprising. Well-deserved. That surprises me. I, I figured that he made it either last year the year before, but, yeah, he, he's never Bro. made an all-star game. Yo, he's been killing it this year. Yeah, you couldn't even talk about him being – on the bubble of being the MVP conversation. He's in the conversation. If you ask me, he's in the conversation. He's, you know what I mean? When you talk about, like, two-way players in this league, he's at the top of that list. I think he's on the top. Absolutely. He's at the top of that list. Yeah, he's up there. The best two-way player in the league. And he's going to only get better for the next however long the rest of his, his career lasts. I, I think he's just going to get better from how, from how talented he is right now. And he will be the cornerstone of that franchise once the big three ultimately call it quits. But that's not going to happen anytime soon. Well, yeah, that's all I got for, uh, in case you missed it. Um, just a, just a quick announcement I wanted to, uh, I wanted to bring up. Uh, our friends over at the uh, Pan Mass Challenge are doing their 50-50 raffle for those that are going to the Celtics, uh, Bulls game tonight at the TD Garden. Yes. Um, the Pan Mass Challenge. Absolutely. They work, they work closely with the Jimmy Fine and the David Farber, uh, Cancer Institute, you know, raising money to, you know, eventually, you know, get a cure for this damn disease that's, you know, is taking, taking the lives of so many mm. loved ones. Tonight, tonight's PMC night at the, PMC at the night, TD right. Garden. And that's raising all the, all the proceeds from the 50-50 raffle when you buy a ticket, uh, will go towards the Jimmy Fund and the Dana Farber Cancer Institute. So mm. if you haven't purchased a ticket for tonight's game, if you purchase tickets in the, uh, PMC section of the garden, proceeds go towards this year's run. Which is on August sixth and seventh. So, shout out to our friends over at PMC. Actually, Causeway Street will be in the building, helping out, volunteering, and selling fifty fifty raffle tickets. If you see us around there, I don't know if you you know we've seen our faces before, but you know we'll be we'll be around you know helping out. And it's it's a it's a good cause, you know. So. Amazing, amazing cause, an amazing fundraiser, guys. If if you have a chance, you try you're looking for tickets. I mean, guys, it's on our it's on our Twitter page, it's on our uh, Facebook page. I put it on my personal Twitter account, uh, Joe underscore S W A Y one zero. Guys, go check it out. I mean, this is an amazing cause. Of course, you can check out the game for you Celtics fans. If you listen to this podcast, obviously you're a Celtics fan, um, but you also be supporting an amazing cause. Uh, Bill Starr, who was the founder and uh, executive director of PMC, started this back in 1980. I've personally met Bill Starr. I've uh, volunteered in PMC. Um, when I first started off at uh, WEI, I was a uh, I worked in promotions. Yeah, no, I've I've, I've worked at, I've worked closely with the with the PMC. Joel's the worked Jimmy closely Fun. with them. Uh, both of us got we've worked with this amazing foundation. And, and, and trust me, guys, your, your money will be, yeah. will be going to a very, very good cause. Yeah. In the 36 years that they're, you know, they've been in existence, they've raised, uh, over half a billion dollars in cancer, uh, treatment and research. Unbelievable. So how much money they've raised is unbelievable. This is something they've been doing for decades. And, um, like I said, I've, I've met Bill Starr personally, a really, really great guy. Uh, he's the founder, executive director, uh, participates in the ride. 
And if you're not familiar with what they do in those two days that Joel mentioned in the summertime, it's a, it's a bike ride where they essentially ride from the two ends of Massachusetts. Uh, one ride is from Wellesley to Bourne. That's an 84 mile ride. And then the big one is from Sturbridge, Mass, all the way out to Bourne, which is over by the, which is in the Cape. That's Western, that's Western Mass. From Western Mass, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, Western Mass is Sturbridge, all the way to the Cape, which is Bourne. And that's 111 miles. It's essentially like almost from like Connecticut. Right. All the way to like the Cape. I also know a few people who actually participate in the ride. And guys, they train for almost an entire year for this event. And it's a very they're devoted to it. It takes a lot of time, but they, they care that much because it's that great of a found of a fundraiser. And guys, if you have the chance, please definitely go and uh, buy these tickets. Actually, a friend of the show, Chris Villani, participates in the in the ride. He's been doing it for the last five years. Um, you know, it's a, it's a good, it's a good, it's way, a great it's a good call. way. I've to donated race. to his ride. I've donated to other rides as well. So yeah. good way to raise money and raise awareness. Uh, for more info on on the PMC, you can go to their website at www.pmc.org. And just get a just get a good overview of what they do, and you know, and how they how they raise money to to a good cause. Because you know, I, you either you or someone you know has been affected by this awful disease, and you know, this is something that's really near and dear to me and Joe Sway's heart. So we just want to help out in any way we can. So, like I said, we'll be we'll be down at the garden volunteering and selling these fifty fifty raffle tickets, where the proceeds will go towards this year's run. So PMC. PMC night at the garden tonight. Good job. The Pavones held it down. It was a good episode. I thought it was good. 2016, yo. <laughs> I thought it was good. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Next week, Dudes will be back in the house, and we'll be discussing what deals they need that the Celtics need to keep their eye on. I got a few players in mind. Few. Uh, we got a few guys that are on the trading block who I think could help the Celtics. We'll discuss those guys, and we'll discuss which players may be involved if the Celtics were to make a deal. So you don't want to miss that next week. Follow us again on Twitter at Causeway Street Blog. Like us on Facebook, Causeway Street Blog. Uh, if you're not already following us on SoundCloud, SoundCloud backslash Causeway Street Blog Podcast. They're listening, man. They, it's SoundCloud. Insta- Instagram. We're also on Instagram. And Snapchat. Don't forget to follow us on Snapchat. No offense to the Celtics Snapchat account, but ours is way better. Follow us on Snapchat <laughs> at Causeway Street. No, it's no dig at them. I'm hey, just, we I'm, know those guys. They're friends of the. That, it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. It's all love. It's all love. We're on we're on one big Celtics family. But follow us on Snapchat. Celtics, we love you guys. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week, guys. Peace.